The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. Man Power Trip of Wrestling. I'm your host, JP John Paz. With me today, very special guest, former two-time IWGP Junior Tag Team Champion, two-time NXT World Tag Team Champion, ROH TV Champion, and three-time ROH World Tag Team Champion. He is, of course, Mr. Bobby Fish. Bobby, welcome to the Two-Man Power Trip. How are you doing? Oh, thank you, sir. Much appreciated. Doing good. What's going on in your world? What's the latest? What are you up to? Um, I just got married. Oh, congrats. So, yeah, some um, a lot of personal life stuff going on. So, kind of, um, I don't know. It, that <laughs> that kind of stuff took priority. So, professional um, has really kind of been purposely on the back burner. Got to be life over wrestling, right? Uh, I know some people don't believe in that, but it's got to be. It has to be. I mean, I, I think that there was definitely a time for me <clears throat> where those were um, switched around. And uh, I think that some of that at times um, is responsible for like, okay, well, the certain successes or whatever you want to call it. But um, we all know how that story ends. You know, and it's been, it's almost cliche. It's been told so many times, you know, it's like the, the pro wrestler that can't put down the pills, you know, which is another sad cliche. <clears throat> but um, I guess for me, yeah, I'm just, I, I don't want to be a sad cliche. <laughs> now, I know you got other stuff on the horizon, right? You guys got a podcast coming out. I guess it's called the Undisputed Podcast, but I know you wanted to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um, that should be uh, up and running sooner than later, <laughs> which is the vaguest time frame uh, a person yeah. could could put out into the uh, social media uh, sphere, I suppose. Um, but it, yeah, we're uh, we've been working on it, and uh, we just got to get uh, get one in the can and uh, get it rolling. And um, yeah, but we're excited about it. 
is it just you and Kyle or is Adam Cole involved as well? No, it's actually uh, me and uh, three guys that I've known um, most of my life, uh, different various uh, degrees of growing up. And um, God, there's one, <laughs> one of the, one of the guys that's doing it with me. We've known each other um literally since like well i don't know if we've known each other but we were in the same room like four minutes um after both of us being on this planet there his mother and my mother were in the same delivery room Whoa. and we were born um i don't remember the exact minutes but there were there were three of us all born in the same delivery room um, and we were all within minutes of each other. So this one guy, yeah, he's uh, he's doing the podcast with me, and uh, he's a radio personality in upstate New York. And um, yeah, I mean, we've known each other for longer than we probably should. I sorry, I just assumed Kyle and Adam just because it's got the undisputed podcast. So I'm like, oh, then maybe yeah. they're important. I didn't even realize that they were not. Yeah. Yeah, no, but uh, you know, you never know. I mean, we'll uh, we'll bring them on there, or we'll um, we'll figure something out. What are you guys gonna be talking about? Is it wrestling, not wrestling, sports, or is it like a um, thing of it's, everything? It's wrestling, sports, a little bit of pop culture, um, probably a little bit of. I don't want to say a little bit of everything because again, that's just so vague. But we're um, we're gonna talk about life fitness, um, entertainment, pro wrestling, obviously. Um, but, you know, a bit about what the other guys got going on, too. They're, they're less in the um, spotlight. But like I said, uh, one friend of mine, he's a, a radio personality in upstate New York. Um, the other one is uh, a gentleman who is a baseball batting instructor but he has recently started doing um hitting clinics all over the country and has started working for um a couple of uh, pretty big um companies one is owned by michael jordan uh, i want to say one not one championship because that's a mma league but yeah. um <clears throat> Anyway, just it'll be more about uh, kind of just the stuff that we all have going on, and um, yeah. What kind of inspired you to want to do that? I mean, it seems like every wrestler is kind of getting into the podcasting game, but it's becoming so big. There's room for everybody now. It seems like. Yeah, um, which I think was part of the reason why we didn't want to just do wrestling, and we're thinking uh, maybe to be. A little bit different in that we're, <clears throat> excuse me, a bit of an eclectic bunch, you know, the, between the four of us. Um, so that was kind of the concept and the idea for it. Um, and let it be, um, you know, let it turn into what it's going to turn into and let it be a little bit more pop culture. And, um, you know, you look at a guy like Pat McAfee and, and Pat, who is very embellished in, in the pro wrestling world, but also 
um, obviously comes from professional sports world and he's kind of got a hand in this thing and that thing. And, um, I think gentlemen like Pat have, have opened up what, uh, the expectations are and what's possible. It's almost like he's making wrestling cool again. You know what I mean? Like, but by being on it, talking about it, but bringing on wrestling guests and then doing his football thing too, obviously, you know, with Hawk and everybody else involved. So it's really cool. It's a good mix he's got going on. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. He really does. I gotta I gotta applaud Pat in that regard. Were you surprised about his wrestling ability? Because obviously, you know, he had the match with Adam Cole, but you guys had the, the war games match. Were you surprised just with just how yeah. kind of smooth he was and good he was? Because I know he was trained a little bit by Rip Rogers, but it's not like he had years of training. No, not at all. Um and yeah, Pat, I mean he he um, exceeded a lot of expectations, I believe. Um, you know, I, I don't want to name names and who had the expectations or whatever, but like I know for myself, <clears throat> I wasn't sure what we were getting. You know, I knew he was uh, obviously a professional athlete, um, but Pat will even joke about it himself. And, he, you know, he'll say, well, yeah, but I'm a punter. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Pat really... Yeah, he exceeded expectations for sure. But you never know with like other sports and coming to wrestling. Because let's say Mago McMichael, for instance, awesome football player, like maybe possibly Hall of Fame level. You know, he's on the Chicago Bears. He's he's on the Packers. But he wasn't like the most athletic guy in wrestling, but he was athletic in football. So sometimes, Mm. you know, it doesn't go translate from one sport to another. Even when Tyson Fury was in WWE not that long ago, I mean, Mm. he did not, but he's one of the best boxers in the world, but he didn't look that great. So, you know what I mean? You never know. No, it, it doesn't always translate because it's, it's such a, um, it's such a unique mix and, and it's something I've commented on before and why I think like um, you get a lot of people crossing over from MMA and, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't always work. And like a guy like Riddle um, really crossed over very well. Um, but then there's been others that, that just have not. And, and then there are people on the other side of that. Um, I would throw myself into that category who, uh, same with Kyle, like guys that, that legitimately train and have trained for years upon years. Um, but there's gotta be a certain amount of pro wrestling experience and a certain amount of legitimate technical ability and skill um and an understanding for the difference between the two and where those lines can can be blurred and i mean i'll be honest it's such a um niche sort of um skill (laughs) set i really don't know where else you would apply it you know maybe stunt work or something in the in the movies but like you know to have real technical ability when it comes to martial arts but then to be able to find that line where you're not you know you're 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 not uh, striking to do damage you know or to lessen it at least as much as it can be lessened it's always interesting when like the MMA guys kind of 
flip because sometimes like Kane Velasquez, obviously before everything happened, but it, mm-hmm. like kind of wasn't working out that great. Like a couple guys just don't mix well. People always go, "Oh, Ken Shamrock." Ken Shamrock is actually a pro wrestler that became an MMA fighter yeah. and did wrestling again, so he's kind of out of the loop. But like some yeah. guys make the jump. Josh Barnett, awesome example. He made the jump. He's great. If you ever yeah. seen old uh, Kevin Randleman matches, he's awesome. Like uh, I've never seen uh, Randleman yeah. do uh, do pro wrestling. Oh. He, it's so funny. He's like a like an uncaged. He's just like nuts. Like he's an animal. And yeah. He's just so crazy doing flying elbows. They've yeah. been putting a lot of. Um, I think Mark Coleman might have posted it recently. A okay. lot of stuff of his matches in Japan, but it's only a yeah. small sample size. Like even yeah. Boss Rutten tried to wrestle Don Fry. Like not great, but sure. then he got great examples like Josh Barnett. And and I love yeah. watching some of these Randleman matches. Barnett's great. Josh is. I mean, yeah. he's and and I just love listening. Like listening to him talk about the two, um, and it's probably because he's so passionate for both. Um, but then you also look at guys like Tom Lawler, who does really well with it. Um, and like I, I had already brought up Riddle, um, I, I think you know, and I'm biased, but Kyle uh, is a purple belt, I believe, in jujitsu, and anybody who knows anything about jujitsu knows that, like, you don't. Know, you know, you don't get that overnight. So he um, he's just really, really fantastic. But he's one of those people that has that right balance of the two. And I think that that's what you see with a guy like Tom Waller and Josh Barnett. They There's a certain understanding of the martial arts, but then also for pro wrestling. And if there's too much of the pro wrestling missing, it doesn't work out. You think you need to be a wrestling fan? Because obviously Riddle was a big fan. Barnett's a huge fan. Like, you think you need to be a fan or not really to, to be able to do pro wrestling? Um, It's hard for me to say because uh, I was a fan, you know? So I don't really know that world of, of not being a fan where – like you don't understand it or you don't know what you're watching. Um, I've watched it from the time I was a kid, which was kind of the same time I started martial arts. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I can really comment on it. I think it helps definitely to be a fan, but that's the only world I know. So it's a, a very skewed opinion. To me, I like the style you and you know, Kyle Riley, even Danielson to a certain degree, of putting the MMA. But obviously, you guys have a background in it. Do you think that's kind of maybe where it kind of should not should be going? But isn't that a great direction to kind of go in to kind of mix that? Because it's it's like almost like it's a shoot, but you know you're doing real mm-hmm. stuff that looks like you're. I mean, your kicks are you know some of the best kicks in wrestling, but it looks like you're killing the guy. Most educated feet in professional wrestling, sir. Yeah. But I, I honestly. In all sincerity, I appreciate that. Um, I put a lot of pride um, into the technical part of it. And I think for me that was – it comes from just the fact that, you know, as a kid training in martial arts, I was always such a stickler for technique and, like, learning how to do it right. And um, I think Kyle shares the same sort of enthusiasm and – like that's where I do get a little miffed at times when it comes to pro wrestling. Like we, we control so many variables so you can go out there and do literally whatever you want. Um, 
but I feel like this is not MMA. So in MMA, you've got to cover all the bases, check all the boxes, you know, because if not, you're going to get exposed. If, if you're, you're, you know, good at jujitsu and you're good at striking, but like your wrestling isn't there, like you're never going to get anybody to the floor or you can't dictate where the fight's going to stay. This is pro wrestling. It's, it's not that. So you don't have to cover all the bases or check all the boxes. And I think that we get, there's too many people that because they can do everything, they feel like, well, then I should do everything. And it's like, no, that's where it gets boring because let's say you got 10 guys and all 10 of them are capable of doing everything. Well, there's a portion of what you're capable of doing that you can only really pull off because there's, because it's pro wrestling. If it were competitive, some of that would probably, you know, that you don't do quite as well, you wouldn't be doing. But yet, because it's pro wrestling, we, uh, we can get away with it. And so just because you can get away with it doesn't mean you should get away with it. And I think that that's where pro wrestling has kind of gotten off track in that, you know, styles the clash of styles or the way that styles kind of mesh together are what make it interesting. Um, and I think we've lost a little bit of that. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, what makes a match with uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, um, these are the only names that are coming to mind, um, and Ricochet interesting would be the fact that they're so different. But just because Bam Bam can do a moonsault in a match with Ricochet, he probably shouldn't do it because his isn't going to look the way Ricochet's does, you know? So I think in that regard, pro wrestling could, everybody could use a little bit of like, stay in your lane, asshole. You know, that's what makes it interesting little reality check there yeah yeah and i think like you know if you're gonna do the mma thing like so i guess to get back to your original question if that's the direction we should go in like well fucking train it at least if that's not what you do and you're not willing to put that time in to go train muay thai don't throw leg kicks you know, if you're not willing to put the time in to train jujitsu, like don't do heel hooks. You know, they're they're you're don't fake the funk just because you can fake the funk. It it I think it um it hurts the sport. I always think about that. Like certain guys like Ricochet and Osprey, they're such good high flyers, but then people want to copy them. So then they almost get dragged down. So it's the same thing with the MMA mm -hmm. guys, like you, Kyle Relic. Okay, these guys throw awesome kicks. You can tell, yeah. like, submissions are legit. But then other guys copy right. you, and then it kind of brings you guys down. I even said it, that to Jack Evans. Like, it sucks. he's doing all that crazy stuff, and they start copying him, and they stink at it, and he's yeah. doing 630s. It's like they bring him down. It, it yeah. I, yeah, I hate that. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to go out. Like, can, I can do a moonsault, and I can do a few things, and I'm nobody special for that. But if I'm going to match with Ricochet, I, why would I do a moonsault? For right. what? He's going to do two rotations, maybe three. And even if he only does the same exact move that I did, he's going to have a certain, um, uh, a, a certain sort of like glide to it that's just not going to be there when I do it. 
So in the same regard, why would you come into a match with me? Now, if you've trained it, great, let's do it. Like Brian Danielson and myself, um, we worked, we, 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 we uh, put it on each other's legs. Why? Because we both train Muay Thai. So it looked a certain way. But if you don't train Muay Thai and you're in a match with me, why are you going to trade leg kicks with me? Because if I sell your leg kicks and they don't look like mine do and they're not going to, then we're pretty much telling everyone, hey, this is bullshit. But still, give us your money. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't right. know. It just doesn't make sense to me. I love that Danielson match that you had with him in AEW. That was great stuff because you you don't kind of see that guys that can actually do it right and do it in the psychology yeah. matches and everything. That's something I love. And I was talking to Frank Trigg a while back and he was saying like, oh man, he goes, I've rolled with Danielson before. He goes, this guy's yeah. legit. Like he's heavy. Like, you know what I mean? He, he knows what he's yeah. doing. Joe Loison said the same thing. He goes, this yeah. guy's legit. So like when he starts doing certain styles and things, it looks believable. Oh, why? Because he's trained yeah. in it just like you have. It, it is believable. That's why. Yeah. And just do it. Just put like, if that's where your interest is, I got no problem with you mixing it into your pro wrestling, but put the reps in because if you go out and do it on TV and it's the second or third time you've done it on uh, ever, it's going to look like that, you know, in the same regard, if you've put 10,000 reps in and you go and you do it on TV, it's going to look like that. And, you know, they'll remain nameless, but there are those in pro wrestling who have gone out and i like if they were putting the reps in i don't know where the fuck they were putting them in but they still to this day will throw head kicks and different things and it's like i don't i can't even call that martial arts i, I don't know what to call it but like my stepdaughter who's nine and has never trained a day in her life with with a better head kick than some of these people yeah, it's, it's not pretty. And then the slapping of the leg, like obviously oh. slapping the leg, right? You got to hate that. <laughs> it makes me sick. It really makes me want to want to get sick, especially when people do it on a leg kick. Because if you know anything about leg kicks, the ones that hurt the worst are the ones that don't make noise. <laughs> <laughs> right? Those are the ones when the shin has really just dug almost down to the bone. <laughs> For sure. It, the thing is, I don't know, some of the guys, they don't quite get the psychology behind it, but I guess they just want to hear the sound or have some sort of pop. It. I mean, I get it back in the day when um, Christopher Adams would throw the super kick and then Shawn Michaels, um, you know, with sweet chin music and the, the slap. And, uh, you know, I get it. But uh, like a lot of other things, especially in pro wrestling, like too much of a good thing can be just that and slapping was one of those for sure but to see them on leg kicks i think because i take so much pride in just throwing proper leg kicks it it just oh god it drives me nuts because you, if you understood anything about it if you even took five minutes to understand the actual art you would you would know that slapping your leg defeats the purpose of of doing it of having it in your arsenal like if it makes that loud of a noise and it it's it's not what you're looking for i 
I've always seen a couple guys do like a spinning back fist, but they'll like slap their leg or like, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. even weird too. Like it kind of doesn't make sense. So I guess they're going for that immediate like, oh, or that immediate like pop from the crowd, but it doesn't really fit or doesn't make sense. I think pro wrestling fans have been conditioned to react to sound. And so, you know, and again, it's just, it's been overdone and guys, you know, some people, I think they get to a point where they can't not slap something. And, you know, I, I don't want to get into the tricks of the trade because there's, there's a lot of slaps that go on in pro wrestling. Um, but it's, it's overdone for sure. Oh, uh, big time. Just going back to the Danielson and AEW stuff, like when you guys have that match, like is the agent or whoever that may be, are they kind of telling you to do that style? Or you guys have the freedom to like, this is what we want to do. This is what we're doing. Brian and I, um, it had been years since we had a match, but we had had a match years and years ago on the independence um, before both of us went to WWE. Um, that was very... MMA influenced before MMA. Like, I think this was probably before the UFC had really become what it is today, but it was getting there. Um, and I think we, all these years, I know for myself, I had wanted to build on that match because from then to now, I, it might have been like eight or 10 years. And in that time, I feel like I've learn to do this style so much better and um i would have to imagine brian feels the same um so to to be able to do that in aew and they pretty much let you know brian and i put that together i don't remember who our agent was i think it was dean and dean dean's awesome and dean um you know really just gave us like freedom which was exactly what we were looking for and exactly what we needed because we both know what we do. And we also know how what each of us does fits together. Um, and obviously Dean was able to sit in and give us a, a direction here or a tip there that made it, you know, that took it from a, an eight to a 10. Um, but for the most part, like, yeah, Brian and I, had had a lot of freedom with that one with aew just in general is it more freedom per se like you don't have to have scripted promos and you know the matches have more freedom but just you, you know that's always like the buzz about it. it's like oh it's not you know confined or constrained maybe wb with too too much structure almost there's definitely less um production definitely less producing um you know and i i think Sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes it's a bad thing. Um, and at all, and all points in between, you know, there's uh, it's and it's also very easy to armchair quarterback, you know. Um, but having been in both systems, I think, um, I think in the middle somewhere is perfect, and we're not always there, whether it's WWE or AEW. What do you think about Tony, Tony Khan? I, uh, like so many people saying they love him, no stress. He, he's very relaxed. You know, um, like I was just talking to Jack Evans. He's like, I love the guy. He's, you know, he's so, e he's so easy to deal with. Easy experience with Tony? For the most part, yeah. I mean, Tony's good, too. 
Um, he's passionate about his show. He uh, he wants he wants it to be successful, you know, and that's the that's the first step for anybody in that position. And that's what you need, you know. Oh, absolutely. What's kind of the latest? Because you guys aren't going to be in the trios tournament, I guess, because I saw the bracket. Is this because Adam, I guess, is injured, or, and maybe Kyle might be injured as well? Yeah, um, we're, uh, we weren't going to be able to do it, all three of us, um, at the time that we needed to be. Um, so it uh, just plans had to be shifted, you know much like uh, everything in pro wrestling, you know, it's all subject to change. So this unfortunately was one of those things that, that became subject to change. To me, the thing is with AEW, they obviously they have so many wrestlers it might be like their only downfall. It's like people always say, ah, oh, TV time. There's not enough TV time. There's not enough hours. WB might yeah. have seven or eight hours of TV. AEW only has three plus dark and elevation. Do you think that might be just a, you know, not a, a problem, but it's almost like the guys are fighting for TV time and guys like you should be on TV almost every week or, or you know, FTR or whatever. You guys should be on TV wrestling all the time. Well, yeah, I think that there are some people who that's, um, I think in general, fans need to, to be able to invest in the characters. Um, but there are some people that you really need that like extra investment with. And I, and I think some of the people you just named are those kind of people, you know, you, um, you want to see them every week. And uh, I think, you know, like when the four of us were running and gunning hard uh, as a unit, like um, we were all over uh, at that time, it was NXT. We were all over NXT TV. And um, because of it, you know, being the four of us, like you, it was able to not to be all over without being stale. And I think there are other performers that are like that, that like, I don't know, fans don't get sick of seeing every week and those people should be on TV every week. And when the roster is as, as large as, as this one, that's not always the case. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess it's the growing pains of, of a, a you know, a company. And maybe that's something that gets figured out and maybe it's not, or, or maybe more hours of TV get added or less. I mean, I, it's above my pay grade. So all I do is when I do get an opportunity, I, I love being in the ring still. Um, and so I just try to enjoy it. Because when they, they signed you, fresh off, obviously, the NXT release, but then at MLW, had some good matches. There was there live for a great one against David Richards. Yeah. Uh, but, but like, it's like they signed you. They're like, okay, here we go. Sammy Guevara, okay, he lost, but obviously he's getting some TV time. But then they put Red Dragon together, so I'm like, okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. Awesome tag team. Love them from Ring of Honor. Here, yeah. here we go. But then it's like, and I guess maybe injuries and other things, but it was almost like, uh, not start and stop, but it was like, oh, man, let's – let's do something with these guys. Red dragon is great. You know what I mean? Like, let, yeah. let's, let's pop up the tag division. I don't know if you had like that same feeling. It's almost like you're running and then you have to jog a little bit. Today's episode is brought to you by athletic greens. 
our partner has a product I literally use every day. I started using AG1 because I really didn't have the time to work out. I wanted better gut health. I wanted more energy. I want to optimize my immune system. I hate taking pills. I hate taking vitamins. But I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I wanted to see what all the hype was about. So I looked into Athletic Greens, and they are a lifestyle-friendly brand. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, they contain one less gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting good. They support better sleep quality and better recovery. They support mental clarity and alertness. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. AG1 is one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. It costs you less than $3 a day. Think about it. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself, and you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. For each purchase, we will donate organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S., in 2020, AG donated over 1.2 million meals to kids. Right now, to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one year free. That is right, folks. One free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Yeah, um, but I mean, I'm not going to mince words here. We are great. And uh, I was super excited um, about the, the thought of being able to, to get back in there with Kyle. And um, I mean, we have a long history with the Bucks from New Japan. We have other people from New Japan that we, we ran hard with over the years. Um, Rocky Romero, Trent Beretta, different people. Um, God, even Matt Seidel, we were in some of these... I think there was he, he was tagging with Ricochet at one time when we were with New Japan. Any anyway, just a, a bunch, and um, then even the idea of like uh, Ring of Honor and the Briscoes and FTR, and there were so many tag teams that I was chomping at the bit for us to be able to mix it up with. So much so that I thought, like, man, we could do a Crockett Cup pay per view or something like that. And I think yeah. people would be over the moon for it just because tag team wrestling is such a different thing. Um, we've got, you know, this generation's version of the Midnight Express, of the Four Horsemen or the Brain Busters, whatever you want to call it, of um, the Rock and Roll Express, of the Fantastics, of the Freebirds, of the Road Warriors. You've got all of this in a slightly different twisted way that like i thought man this is just money waiting to be made 
And uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed that that hasn't happened. Yeah, to me, it's like, oh my God, look at the tag division. And when you yeah. guys recently turned on the Bucks, I'm like, okay, here we go. Even yeah. if you did like a best of seven or something, you know what I mean? Like the old Benoit Booker T thing, like that would be awesome because you guys had some matches, like you said, in New Japan, but ROH. Yes. I remember being at the Hammerstein. You guys literally tore the yeah. place down in a show that was kind of centered around the Bullet Club and Okada. You guys yeah. like kind of turned that turned the you know the place yeah. upside down. We did it in New Japan and, and Ring of Honor for a couple of years running. And I think it was the, you know, the similarities between us and the Bucks. But then what really made it pop was the difference. Like we're so opposite of one another um, that there almost shouldn't be chemistry. But the chemistry is, it's gross how, how good the chemistry is with us. So, um, yeah, if the trigger doesn't get pulled on that, like, you've left money on the table. Because we could we could go a full year, if not longer, feuding with the Bucks. And I guarantee you, because we did it in Ring of Honor in New Japan and nobody got sick of it. It'd be the same thing now. We're, we're that much better and they're that much better than we were then, you know? I mean, we were still figuring some of that shit out at that time. And now it's like riding a bike. You know, even even when we turned on them, like it really, it just, the, the bit that we did in ring, it just, it feels like, oh man, I know how to do this. Like I could, <laughs> I could sleep my way through this. To me, which is true, you're right. Like these guys shouldn't have chemistry. Like these tough MMA kick kickboxing kind of centric. I know uh, Kyle's more like BJJ, but like that kind of mm-hmm. kind of guys against probably you know one of the best high flying tag teams we've yeah. seen in, in many many years. Probably maybe, yeah. maybe you could put them up there ever. Like they're just really really good high flyers. It's just like yeah. wow, they're so much different. But when you guys come together, chemistry is awesome. Yeah, it it is awesome, and and it's been there from the beginning, um, and. New Japan Ring of Honor at the time were um, were smart enough to take advantage of it and to uh, you know benefit from it. It was great because you throw in like the time splitters too, or like Rapunzel sure. Vice, or the or if it was the Hooligans, it was yeah. always like wow, like what like even if it's starting off uh, Wrestle Kingdom or you know whatever show, it's like wow, this is great. Like this is yeah. uh, like you said, you almost never get old of it, tired or old of it. No, and and it was all like-minded guys who um, could go out and uh, do it in a way that put business first. Business always came first, and I can't say that for everyone I've been involved with, you know. But those every everybody you just named, um, especially Matt and Nick and myself and Kyle, uh, business always comes first. That's just the way it is. What's what do you think is going to be like? N- not next, but like the undisputed lead. Obviously, they break up. Is it just kind of like let's get healthy first, as far as like Adam Cole and then put the trio together, or it's like a Red Dragon is ready right now. You and Kyle are ready. Let's do this thing. You know. Um, I think right now, like I'm the only one that's, uh, fully healthy. Yeah. So, um, I think it's just a matter of the boys getting, uh, 
getting back. And I, and it, it won't be long, um, but I think that that's, that's kind of where we are at the moment. It's just uh, giving the boys a little time to heal, and, and then we'll get this thing going again. I don't remember. Did you guys ever wrestle FTR like at NXT or anything, or, or never we really did. crossed paths? Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, we wrestled uh, FTR. We it was Kyle and I. Um, it was the Undisputed Era. Uh, they were the revival at the time. Uh, we wrestled uh, one time on uh, NXT TV, and uh, man, it was a good one. It was a really good one. I, I remember uh, just really enjoying it. Um, I think that can be said for all four. Um, and then fans enjoyed it as well. And and again, it was chemistry. That was the first time. I mean, we had jumped them on SmackDown, but that was the f- only other time that we had touched prior to that. And it was, you know, I'll say it. It was in- instant chemistry. Um, probably a little bit more similar than than opposites, but in in different ways. You know, they don't do it with the martial arts thing. Obviously, they're just more classic pro wrestlers. Um, but I I think again, it's it's just it's styles, and like if you have uh, one team or one individual that sticks to a particular style, it, and then the other one does the same it just makes it more interesting it's like uh, playing an arcade game of street fighter or something you know like how does how does ryu you know beat uh, chun li like <laughs> you know it, it it becomes that and i think that that's what pro wrestling that's the advantage pro wrestling has over mma and i love mma i mean i'll watch it seven days a week um, but I think the advantage is, is, is that MMA, you know, it's, it's evolved to a point now where like you have to be able to do everything. It's not like the early UFCs when a guy would wear one boxing glove and, you know, and Hoist Gracie was out there in his gi choking people to death. Like it's a different thing now. Um, but pro wrestling, we can still kind of play a little bit with that with the elements make it a little bit more styles clash no pun intended <laughs> right it feels like ftr red dragon should cross paths too because it's like oh, I mean, yeah. briscoe's again but like ftr mm-hmm. definitely they're i mean super hot right now iwgp tag champs triple a tag champs roh tag champs i mean that's got to happen too for sure i mean i'm dying to to kick both of those guys um I <laughs> I don't know. I think I think a little bit of animosity. Um, it's a good thing in this business, and we have that with them. You know, there's a competitive. I I mean, dare I say, we had a little bit with the box. Like we're all friendly, but there's an element of like, well, fuck you. We're better than you. And that goes with FTR too, and I, and I I think that that's another thing that miss is missing from pro wrestling these days. Um, 
because you can feel it in the room. You can feel a vibe when things aren't exactly copacetic. And I think fans can feel that. And I think you can even feel it through the TV screen. Um, and I, there's been more times that tempers have flared with us and FTR to where, you know, there was a chance of us getting into it backstage, uh, than not. And again, that's money. Like, don't leave the money on the table. The money is there because we're all four of us are professional enough to hopefully not get there. But man, it's palpable when, when the potential for it to be there is there and it's there with them and us. I don't, I mean, I honestly, like I, I don't, I don't think any of the four of us care for one another all that much. Could be a good thing, right? Yeah, that's what business. I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's business. And at the end of the day, it's business. What is best for business? That's why the Bucks and us were so successful. I mean, truth be told, especially when they first put us together, like kind of didn't fucking like them. I don't know how much we respected them. I'm pretty sure they didn't respect us. Um, but I don't know. There's an understanding. Business comes first. Um, but there's no reason why I can't punch your friends in the face. Very true. Now you're saying <laughs> best for business, and you're saying that kind of analogy where like you don't really have to like the guys, palpable in the back. Right. Sounds like something Triple H has said many times about him and The Rock and him and Steve Austin, Steve sure. Austin and The Rock. Like those guys didn't really like each other, shockingly to everyone else. Like they're fighting for the position. They really didn't get mm -hmm. along backstage, but in the ring, you know, they had great chemistry, all those guys. Right. And that that's where, you know, that's where I think this business gets really dirty is you've got a lot of people love to talk out of both sides of their mouth and you got a lot of people. And unfortunately, some of these people are in high positions, you know, or, or um, just happen to be successful wherever they go, but they do it the same way. And they, they back stage politic their asses off and they shit talk people and they get people fired and they do it's just dirty you know and the real competition in pro wrestling exists in the locker room you know and there's guys that are afraid of losing their spot to the guy that they see coming because they know like oh shit that guy's way more athletic than i am or he's a way better martial artist than i am or he's a way better uh gymnast than i am or he and those same mother effers will undercut those guys and um yeah i mean unfortunately you got to be in the business to kind of know those who those people are but they're there they are certainly there when you were working with triple h and at nxt you get along with him great because it seemed like for a while like WWE wasn't bringing in guys from the indie scene then all of a sudden triple mm -hmm. h is in nxt and he's bringing in indie darlings he's bringing in good wrestlers yeah. he's bringing in different guys of all shapes and sizes did you get yeah. along with triple h and did you kind of were you almost surprised that you know, they wanted NXT because it's usually, oh, WB, you got to, you know, land of the Giants or, oh, we don't yeah. want to sign the indie guys. You know, like you've heard that a million yeah. times from, from WB. Yeah. Um, I grew up, you know, watching Hunter. Um, so I was a, a, a fan, but, you know, was not sure getting brought in how that was going to go. And I, I do remember the first time I was at NXT. He gave the post-show um, talk 
to the group. Um, I remember it was at Full Sail, and he laid out some things and the vision and the way that he saw certain things, et cetera, et cetera. And by the time he was done talking, and I don't know if it was, you know, 20 minutes or 30 minutes, but by the time he was done talking, I just remember thinking to myself, like, as a pro wrestling fan, pro wrestling guy, pro wrestler, except whatever you want to call it, like, if you could listen to that speech and not support this guy, um, like I lose my number, we can't be friends because his, the way that he saw the whole thing was just awesome. And, and it was like, man, this is, this guy really, one, I'm a fan of the way he sees the business. Um, but two, like he really wants the business itself to thrive and to go to um, un have uncharted success. Um, and then after being there with him for the better part of three or four years or whatever, um, and, and being the undisputed era and, and, you know, going through the war games and all that stuff, um, I would... Um, I would go to war for that man. <laughs> I did hands down, hands down. If he tells me like, listen, I need you to run through that wall. I'm going to try. If he tells me he thinks I can do it, like, all right, I, I will try. It seems like such a shift with Triple H because me being a fan, got, I've got him 40, but you know, being a fan forever and knowing mm. him at a certain point, it's like, man, you know, he's burying guys. He's, you know, this is obviously during his career. It's like, oh, he, he shouldn't be in this spot or, or he's, mm -hmm. oh, he's kind of holding this guy down. But now it's like completely different. It's like dad Triple H where he's like mentoring mm -hmm. guys. Obviously he knows everything about production. He knows everything about creative. Uh, mm -hmm. He's been Vince's like protege. So it seems like a complete flip where so many people are like, oh, he's like our dad or, you know, this is like a completely sure. different Triple H than, than, you know, we might be used to like me years ago as a fan, completely yeah. different guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I only know the guy that I worked under. And I know that, um, again, I, I would go to war for the man. Uh, and you wouldn't have to ask me more than once. Seems like he had you know his thing with, with NXT. And obviously, you know, he had a heart issue and, and kind of moved around. But, like, when you were NXT, you guys were such a big part of the show. Like you said, for three or four years, a part of all the war games. Did you kind of think, like, that was a great spot to be in NXT or did you kind of aspire to be on the WWE roster during that time? Um, I think I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I think we were all, I'll say for myself, I was really happy working for Hunter. Um, and if that was going to be on NXT, I was cool with it staying there. If he was going to go to raw, I would have wanted to go to raw, you know, like I liked working for Hunter. I never worked directly for Vince, I guess. Like I, I, I mean, I met the man and we were up there a few different times and he was nothing but, you know, nice to me. So I, again, I have no ill will or bad things to say or anything, but I never felt like I wasn't working for Hunter and Hunter was, always the guy that I was, he was always, 
I'll use the word coach only because I grew up playing football. So like I, uh, you know, there, I wanted to play well for myself and, and for my father to be proud of me. But I also had certain coaches that I wanted them to be proud of me. And I felt that same sort of thing from Hunter, um, even from Shawn Michaels. It was the same kind of thing. Like I, I wanted to come back through the curtain and have them be like, yeah, you goddamn fucking right. You know, like, hell yeah. And it it was the same sort of thing. So it was cool. I mean, that's a a space that I'm comfortable in and a space that I know. And that's, that feels like home. And it's great too, because with Triple H, obviously with Shawn Michaels, they know what it's like to be at the top of the mountain. So -hmm. they can be great in that aspect where they're kind of teaching you this, but then they know other stuff too. And then they can give you kind of, uh, like you said, some coaching, but maybe even a pat on the back and say like, oh, that was great. I like this, or I didn't like that. So, I mean, it's pretty impressive just to have that system, but have Triple H and Michaels be on top of it. Because sometimes you'll have a system or you'll have training and the guy maybe wasn't Sure. It kind of doesn't matter if he wasn't at the top, but it's like the guy didn't make it, but he's training mm-hmm. wrestlers or like it, it just seemed like Triple H and Michaels is like a great selling point, but they actually do coach the hell out of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> funny story for the first like two weeks of sitting in film study with Sean, I had to keep reminding myself to pay attention to these little pearls of wisdom that he was dropping because I would get caught up in the fact that like, I'd be like, Oh, that's fucking Shawn Michaels. That's Shawn Michaels. <laughs> and then I'd, I wouldn't be hearing what the man was saying. And it was like, Jesus asshole, like get your shit together. You know, but it, it will say that was about two weeks. <laughs> that's great. It's like, Oh yeah, that's right. I should be learning from this guy. Yeah. You know, instead of saying yes. like, Oh, that, you know, this match was great. That match was great. Yeah. 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 With him, it seems like, you know, he, he's got a, a firm grasp, but I don't like an outsider looking at it's like, oh, would he be a great coach? He is, you know, he's like, as far as, like you said, dropping wisdom, but like he's great as far as, you know, like Michael Jordan, he'd be a horrible coach. It's sometimes yeah. you're a good player, but you can't tell the guy what to do because you can't explain, like, yeah, you know, oh, I'm great, but I can't explain it. Like some guys aren't great coaches, but we're great players. I know exactly what you're saying because I played football in college and I'd like to think of myself as a, a good football player. Um, but then the year after I was done playing, I went back to coach thinking like, oh, well, naturally, I love football. And what I realized was I love playing football. <laughs> and that's what it came down to. Um, but as it translates to pro wrestling, for sure, Hunter and Sean are great at um, passing it on. Because when I played football too, it's like I had this one coach who was good when he played, but it's like, hey, he's not that great of a coach. And like what he's teaching us is like, this is so basic. And like you can yeah. tell he can't explain how yes. he did what he did, like that kind of thing. Yeah, I was kind of that way. Um, I, so I played defense, um, I played linebacker and I went back and was coaching running backs and I had played running back when I was like a kid growing up. But, um, even that, like there were so many times that I just wanted to take the guy's helmet off and put it on and go, no, you fucking do it like this. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like I said, that's when I realized like, oh. 
I loved playing football. I don't really love football. And the confirmation of that was that like at this point in my life, I couldn't, I couldn't name 10 guys in the NFL right now. Like I don't watch any wow. football. I don't even watch the Super Bowl. Just damn. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I yeah. guess you would not be going to be good for fantasy football then. I guess. <laughs> no, I think, I think, you know, what I realized was that like most of the football I watched growing up, like I was studying, I guess. I don't know. Cause now like I watch, you know, I'll watch some pro wrestling, but what I watch more than anything is MMA and it's because of the martial arts since I was a kid. But I think part of that too is because I try to put so much martial arts into my pro wrestling. So again, I, I guess maybe I'm studying. True. It's like Belichick. He was a pretty, not bad football player, but he wasn't really that good, but he's like a hell of a coach. He can explain yeah. it a lot better than he could do it. Yeah. I think there's a decent amount of, of that uh, both ways, you know, players that aren't good coaches and coaches that aren't, weren't good players and, you know, et cetera. Like, I think a lot of times they end up like the backup quarterbacks. There was a trend there for a while that they were making good coaches. Yep. You know, so it was the guys that were in the film study and all that stuff, but weren't necessarily the guys out there doing it on the field. Definitely. Just curious, though. I know MMA is big. Did you ever think about becoming a full-time MMA fighter? Um, I fought kickboxing. Um, I did. I had three amateur kickboxing fights. Um, and uh, MMA wasn't quite what it is today at that time. Um, I want, like, yeah, I like competing. Um, if it was there was a crossover point for me where pro wrestling, I was just starting to gain such um, like to where it was like, well, shit, I think I can make a living doing this. And that was when um, I think I, I would have been more tempted to switch over, not switch over. Cause it's not like you can't do both, but like uh, take that a little bit more seriously. And I was getting so busy with pro wrestling and the money was there and it was like, and it was almost a non-decision. It was like, uh, you know, I was probably in my thirties and, you know, to do a complete career switch would have been crazy at the time, especially, yeah. you know, I had two kids and um, was struggling to make ends meet anyway. So then I had this thing like when Ring of Honor and New Japan start becoming a thing where it's like, okay, well, wait, I can get, you know, paid beyond per appearance. Like I don't get paid just to come out and do it. Like I get a salary. Um, so I think that that kind of extinguished any real thoughts about, I, I think I would have been like a decade off, you know, it would have been about 10 years prior if I had started training for just MMA, I, I do think that that's probably a, a, an avenue I would have gone because I was probably more accustomed to competition than like, it took me a good long time to get used to what pro wrestling is. And, and if I'm being honest still today, like that competitive itch, um, I miss it. I miss that. I miss, because when with pro wrestling, there's so much performance to it that it's a it's a mix between the two. 
but it's um, you're spinning a bunch of plates where when you go out and compete, it's just, no, I'm out here to fucking hurt you if I have to. Like, I'm here to beat you, you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean, like, beat you bloody, but if it does mean that, like, I'm willing to go there. So that's a different sort of single-minded purpose that um, I think I just, growing up, was so used to because I played contact sports, you know, just football, lacrosse, and kickboxing. And so, again, that's a comfortable place for me. As we wind it down, we head towards the finish here. Got to ask you this random-ass question. Did you or did you not save a Ring of Honor show in about, God, it had to be in the mid-2000s, maybe a little bit sooner, because the ring collapsed, the ring broke, and you had a reattach the ring and save it i think it was before the trio show is that in fact true i think devito said it i think credible said it. a bunch of people told me that jerk jackson saved the show and, and i don't and, know i don't know if you remember that not. somebody in the pre-show no. and broke the ring and like devito's guys had to go and like kind of fix fix I'm the ring remember like the post something room. i'm remembering something along these lines um, if it was DeVito's guys, there were there were a few of us. It would have included yeah. Massive and Cheech, yeah. and um, it, you know. So if I'm getting credit for it, I don't. I want to be. I want to choose my words wisely because I don't want to do anything to um, destroy the mystique here. But my wife will tell you um, when it comes to mechanic work. Um, you know, I uh, <laughs> I could be better. <laughs> um, I have put up a couple fans. Uh, there's one. Um, let me see. Uh, I don't know if you can see that fan there. Nice, beautiful, great job. Yes, great I put that. I put that fan up. Uh, but that's about as mechanically inclined as as I get. So if there was really somebody saving that show, could have been Devito's guys. Um, yeah, let's just scratch all of that. Yes, I saved the show. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. The show. Great. Great answer. Of course Thank I you did. For, I'm probably the only reason that Ring of Honor still exists to this day. So Tony Khan should be kissing my ass because he That's got to right. buy Ring of Honor because of me. That's right. <laughs> Damn right. Now, yes. next, obviously, we were talking, we are saying, get everybody healthy. You got the Young Bucks. You got FTR. Maybe yeah. Briscoes, if you go to Ring of Honor, maybe the Briscoes, right? I would above. love to get in there with Mark and Mark and Jay again. Man, that would we we had some great ones with them, and again, just another team with like the chemistry, just gross. And I know for a fact, without even having wrestled them for God knows how many years at this point, Kyle and I would get in the ring with Mark and Jay. It it'd be we wouldn't miss a step we would not miss a step i know it what else is next for you now, obviously the podcast right yeah yeah the podcast we're gonna get uh get moving on that um and uh i'm just trying to to wrestle um you know i'd like to like to do some more wrestling and i like to be active and uh, i like I still enjoy the time I get to spend in the ring. So I want to get as much of that in as I can. Um, 
I enjoy that so much so that like I'm I'm actually thinking about maybe taking a, a kickboxing fight too. So that'll be amateur and I just but again, I it's just that I don't know. I've felt this way since I was a kid. Like I express myself physically most easily. Um so when I feel stress or any like I just that's how I get it out. So I think those are the things that I have on the horizon, but we'll see. Nice. Now where can everybody follow you? You know, social media and otherwise. Uh I'm on Twitter. Um I am on Instagram, the Bobby Fish on both of those, I believe. I don't know who has Bobby Fish, but somebody. <laughs> um and then the podcast, the Undisputed Podcast, will be coming at you. And that one, uh, we are looking to looking to really um, set the world ablaze. Nice. Awesome stuff, yeah. Bobby. Thank you so much for all the time tonight. Really appreciate it. No, I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.